Next on BYU Sports Nation, quarterback question mark. BYU has yet to name a starting QB for Saturday's game at Utah State, but does it really matter who starts? What do the changes announced by the NCAA about paying athletes mean for Cougar sports? Plus, Riley Nelson started for both Utah State and BYU at quarterback. He joins us live. Which team would benefit the most from a win this week? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us on this Wednesday, October 30th. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who has his Dennis Pitta costume locked down for tomorrow on Halloween, Jerem Jordan. In a hip brace? No, I'm not going to do that one. Although I did see a great Halloween costume from a BYU fan. It's at YFangirl underscore JB. Fan of the show. Uh, we love her. Created the best costume that's BYU-centric this Halloween. It's a Swiss Army Knife jersey for Taysom Hill of the New Orleans Saints. This is awesome. She's got a bunch of different knives coming out and uh, the bottle opener and yeah, the different the things. Yeah, the Swiss Army Knife. Oh, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's beautiful. It's an incredible costume. I'm wondering at YFangirl underscore JB how long it took you to make this costume. Yeah, that looks hard. Like I'm stressing out thinking about the work that would go into that. The preparation that some people put into Halloween and costumes is yeah, I'm, unbelievable. I'm not, like, super into Halloween, but I respect the hustle by everybody that makes their own costume. That, Notably, that's hard. BYU's athletic director, Tom Holmo. Ooh, tomorrow's the day. That's right. Uh, like What's four he going to do to top what he had last year? Which was what? Ernesto de la Cruz? Ernesto de la Cruz. De los Santos de los Ultimos Dias. <laughs> He's done Voldemort. He's done Abraham Lincoln. More like Abraham Lincoln. I can't remember the others, but so good. Like, he's the most legit Halloween costume yes. dresser I've ever seen. You uh, pointed out to me Austin Lee as uh, the genie from Aladdin. We showed it on the Satake Show, In- which is coming up at the top of the hour. Incredible yeah. time and preparation that goes into this. Crazy, yeah. And I know how much you love to dress up on Halloween. I love everything <laughs> about Halloween. <laughs> that said... This is uh, a holiday of sorts in Jerem Jordan's life. It is his birthday today. Happy birthday, Jerem. I'm 22. How does it feel? This internship has been super fun. Looking forward to getting paid at some point. (laughs) Uh, It's been awesome. I hope you're enjoying your day thus far. Typically, I take this day off. I took yesterday off. I don't know why I'm in here today. Are we going to lunch I'm happy to be here. Am I taking you to lunch today? Someone else is, but yeah. Oh, okay. Apparently, I'm not. That's okay. I'm late to the game. You know what's funny? I have a a lunch meeting. The person doesn't know it's my birthday. <laughs> so it's not okay. for my birthday? Anyway. Well then let's you move can on. save it for another day. Okay? Here's sure, here's your free lunch card Yay. that I'm passing to you. Awesome. You can utilize Thank it you. whenever you'd like. You're welcome. Give me that. And for real, happy birthday. Here's today's show lineup. We're celebrating with former BYU and Utah State quarterback Riley Nelson. He'll join us to preview the battle for the old wagon wheel. Would BYU save the season with a win in Logan? BYU men's volleyball coach Sean Olmstead goes in-depth on the 2020 schedule, and we go deep blue with BYU defensive lineman Uriah Leatawa straight out of Compton. Let's bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football, fresh off a second bye week in the 2019 season, will make a two-hour bus trip north to Logan this Saturday for a rivalry showdown with Utah State. 
Cougars? Yeah, they want that old wagon wheel back, but which quarterback will lead BYU into enemy territory? Last night, head coach Kalani Sitake doubling down on his philosophy of choosing a quarterback this week. Baylor and Jaron been competing uh, this entire week, and so, uh, you know, Jaron was able to practice a little bit last week as well, so, uh, you know, we're going to go with um, the guy that gives us the best chance to win, and and those guys will keep competing and, and working through some things. And then uh, I trust, uh, you know, Grimes and A-Rod and the coaching staff to get the right guy on the field. The gamesmanship continues from BYU. Or maybe they don't really know at this point, but I think they know. I think they know. It's yeah. midweek. They, I think they know. It's, we'll see. That's what I'm thinking it'll be. Yeah. The Cougars and Aggies kick off at 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific on ESPN2. I'll be live in Logan as part of our countdown to kickoff coverage on BYU TV at 9 Eastern. Radio pregame starts on BYU Radio two hours prior to kickoff. The NCAA unanimously votes to permit student-athletes the opportunity to benefit from the use of their name, image, and likeness in a manner consistent with the collegiate model immediately, but no later than January 2021. So this is a counter to the California legislation passed a couple of weeks ago. What's the impact on BYU? We'll discuss in a moment. Jimmer Fredette scores 16 points in a 103-86 Panathinaikos loss to Kemke yesterday. Fredette shot 3 of 8 from the three-point line. He's shooting 62% from the field through five games in the Greek Basket League, including 74% from the three-point line. What? 74? Fredette and Panathinaikos next play tomorrow. There are two different leagues. There is EuroLeague, and then there's the Greek Basket League, and they keep different stats in each of those categories. Like Champions League, if you will. Correct. Women's basketball beat Westminster 69-61 last night in an exhibition game. Chalet Salmon led the Cougars with 16 points. The final exhibition is Saturday against the University of Antelope Valley. Look out for the fighting antelopes. I don't know. Question mark. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Preparing for two quarterbacks, Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney. Either could be the guy in Logan this Saturday night. Whoever gives BYU the best chance to win. Shocker that that is the philosophy, but it is. Utah State head coach Gary Anderson was asked how much his game planning is affected when he doesn't know which quarterback that his team will face. Not with those two guys. Um, you know, it's uh, you look at the offense as a whole, and you know BYU's just they they evolve every single week, and what they do on offense, they're going to keep you off pace regardless of who the quarterback is. All right, Gary Anderson says that he doesn't anticipate that if Jaron Hall or Baylor Romney starts, that the offense will change that much. The biggest difference between the two is probably Hall's ability to run around a little bit and extend plays compared to Baylor Romney's more uh, typical quarterback style, your pro-style quarterback. Jerem, does it even matter who starts at quarterback for BYU at Utah State? Of course it matters. Yeah, it should be Jaron Hall. If BYU doesn't start Jaron Hall and BYU wins, then you have to continue to start Baylor Romney. And guess what you do? You alienate your backup scholarship quarterback who wants to be here and be the guy and be invested. Steve Young said he's not worried about feelings. Should we be concerned about feelings right now? If the ro- if there are robots playing quarterback, no. But there are humans playing quarterback. So I would say, yes, you always have to be concerned about feelings. I disagree with that idea. I think BYU needs to start Jaron Hall. What has he done to lose the job? Tell me that. What has he done? He was leading at USF. He played well. Uh, is it his fault uh, BYU gave up uh, like a million rushing yards and uh, blew it in the fourth? You don't have to sell me on that. No, right? No. Uh, I think Jaron Hall should start. Baylor Romney's a walk-on who wants to be here. Turned down a scholarship at Nevada, originally signed there, 
for his mission to Carlsbad, California, wants to be here playing with his brother. Let's be honest, Baylor Romney probably had the biggest, greatest moment he'll ever have at BYU already. Hope Maybe he'll have bigger moments. That'd be great. But guess what? You have Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall. He's third string. He beat out Joe Critchlow. Maybe Baylor earns a scholarship next year, right, or something. I think you start Jaron Hall. I don't want to potentially lose Jaron Hall in the future because of a simple misdecision by playing Baylor Romney. I get the, well, Baylor beat Boise State, the momentum. Are you saying that Sione Finau should start over Emmanuel Supa and Lopini Cato because he had a good game against Boise State? That's the same ideology. I would argue no. I would say you probably need all of them. If someone gets hurt, Baylor Romney's ready to go. I feel like BYU could go to Logan and win with either quarterback. It's a good situation to be in. I think if Baylor Romney started, he's totally capable of leading BYU to victory against the Aggies. If Jaron Hall starts unquestionably capable of leading BYU to a victory against the Aggies. But yes, it still matters because you're sending a message to the quarterbacks about where your priorities lie as a coaching staff. Do you focus more on the knee-jerk reaction, ride-the-hot-hand philosophy, or do you go with the guy you dubbed the number 2 quarterback basically a year ago? Jaron Hall earned his number 2 spot a long time ago. In a so, galaxy near to us. In one game, in one game, albeit it was a really solid win for Baylor Romney against Boise State. No doubt. In one game, does he lose what he's built over the last year as the backup quarterback? No. You, you can't knee-jerk that way. And if you do, then you are sending a message to Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney that, whatever, we're riding the hot hand. We're riding the hot hand. Again, both guys could go to Logan and win, but I'm with you. Jaron Hall, I think, should be the starter because he has done nothing to show that he doesn't deserve it at this point. You know who wants Jaron Hall to start the most? Mike Littlewood. Because if he loses Jaron Hall in any way, right? I'm not saying Jaron Hall is going to transfer. I'm just saying that seed is planted of like, Wait, wait, wh- why did I lose that spot? What did I do, right? Uh, I just think it's a dangerous precedent. Topic two. After California passed laws that will enable NCAA athletes to be paid for the use of their name, image, and likeness in the future, the NCAA fired back yesterday, saying it would follow suit, but in a, quote, manner consistent with the collegiate <laughs> model, end quote, that would go into effect no later than January 2021. Spencer, do these NCAA bylaws adjustments help or hurt Brigham? Who knows at this point? Now, I did see... A little bit of a freak out in terms of, oh, no, the gap between the power schools that have all the money and the schools that don't have the money is going to get even wider. And maybe it will. But honestly, I think that the order that has already been established right now between power five teams and group of five teams and the elite level power fives and the other power fives will remain. Alabama and Clemson will still find a way to get the best athletes and put on a national championship contender for years to come. Arizona and Kansas men's basketball will continue to Yes, cheat. yes. I don't think anything changes in that regard. For BYU, it just depends on how much money that the Cougars can pony up compared to other Power 5 teams if it comes to that. But guess what? BYU is so unique, and we've talked about this a ton. There are still athletes that want to come here regardless. Right, but BYU's shown the last like eight or nine years of Indian West Coast Conference that they're starting to lose these, some of these athletes that would have come here previously. I'm, I'm concerned about B- general recruiting with BYU. 
Regardless of this. Yeah, exactly. It, so Th- this, the, the, this recru- the recruiting it... problems started bef- before right. this but, was announced. But this could make it worse Worse because guess what these uh, schools have? They have bigger pockets than BYU. That's an issue. And it will manifest where, hopefully itself, Silicon Slopes can help the Cougars. It will manifest area. itself most greatly in the king, which is football. Okay, BYU football, college football in general – Brings in the most money for a university, and it's not close. It's not close. No one's arguing. I don't know how much of a difference it's going to make for BYU. We got to wait and see. But I think that the hierarchy of college football and the elite level teams it stays the same regardless of whether players are being paid or not. It's hard to know the impact until the nuances are spelled out. Like, what does this mean? Can and and I saw a tweet about. Well, NFL players don't make a ton off their likeness. It's just like a handful of the guys. It's different with college. It is because the NFL, you don't get a choice as to where you go. Will this influence recruiting? I, I want to bring this up. Um, I think the, uh, these rules, uh, we don't know how they're going to be governed or controlled. And the NCAA has shown it. It can contain itself as well as the multiple handlers of Jurassic Park. Okay? That, that, the, the rules are the dinosaurs. They're going to get out. Okay? In a the- manner consistent with the collegiate model. What does that mean? Yeah, uh, Amateurism? No. In the first book and movie for Jurassic Park, Jeff Goldblum's character Ian Malcolm describes a mathematical theory called the chaos theory, which is very small changes in the starting position of a chaotic system make a big difference after a while. This will make a big difference. The NCAA is a chaotic system. I love the idea. I think people should be able to profit off their name, image, and likeness. I want to see NCAA College Football 21. Uh, that'd be awesome. But we haven't changed anything with collegiate athletics yet and uh, haven't exactly, exactly figured it out, as Walter White says in Breaking Bad. The one thing, uh, this is one more thing that the NCAA can mess up. I like the idea, but the rules are going to be weird and it's going to be messy. I don't know how it's going to work, but I'm interested to see. Yeah, maybe we bury the lead. It means that NCAA college football is that much closer to returning to all major video game platforms. And that's what really matters in the summer, <laughs> honestly. On to topic three, where we have an angry Rocky top, an angry Rocky long for that matter. San Diego State's head football coach, longtime BYU opponent, was asked about playing BYU yesterday in his weekly press conference. He said, and I quote, I don't mind playing BYU. I wish they weren't on the schedule. I think that them leaving the league was the wrong thing to do, and they went independent, and the only way they develop a schedule is the Mountain West Conference scheduling them. End quote. Jerem, does BYU, as Rocky Long would imply here, need the Mountain West Conference to fill their annual independent football schedule? All right, hear me out. Rocky Long's 7-1 and one and ranked. His team's won 46 games the last four-plus seasons. BYU's 3-4. and four. I'm guessing he's looking down at BYU from the mountain of being ranked, right? Which he thinks is a high mountain. Well, that mountain of two West Conference, uh, Mountain West Conference championships, three 10-win seasons, has resulted in one season finishing ranked. So SGSU has been pretty good, but nobody cares. Also, Rocky Long hired defensive uh, coordinator Bron- Bronco Mendenhall. He's not here anymore, so perhaps open season on BYU. Okay. Aztecs are lucky. Kyle Van Roy's not walking through that door, by the way, in, uh, in the game coming up at the end of November. <laughs> BYU struggled the last two-plus seasons, 4-9, 7-6, 3-4. It's nice time to take a shot, oddly, three weeks before the game. I think that's a little weird. 
So to answer your question, does BYU need the Mountain West to fill its independent schedules? BYU plays Boise State, a top 25 team with local ties, BYU fans in that region, not because of conference affiliation. BYU is going to play Utah State for the 89th time Saturday. That has nothing to do with what conference they played in. They played before Utah State was in the Mountain West Conference. So take those two out. In nine seasons of independence, BYU's played a Mountain West team not named Boise State and Utah State 13 times, nine years. That's 1.4 a season. BYU's played more than two non-Boise State, Utah State teams in a season once. The answer is no. BYU does not need the Mountain West Conference to fill its schedules. Nice timing. You're ranked, but no one really cares. Yeah, you're telling me that BYU can't find two spots for, I don't know, UConn or another independent or another American Athletic Conference team or somebody from the Sun Belt or Conference USA? Come on, get out of here with that logic. BYU has 13 games over the next five years against Mountain West Conference teams, including Boise State and Utah State, which are now regional rivalries. I'd take them out of this idea. What, BYU's not playing them because they're in the Mountain West. He's always played Utah State, and BYU's played Boise State since 2012 and will until 2034. I understand that Rocky Long still has hard feelings about BYU leaving the Mountain Why West. Why does he care so much? Didn't it give San Diego State a chance to win the league well, finally? And he's had some bad memories with coming to Provo in 2010 and losing Has a game where there was some controversy the and BYU beat them the last time they faced each other in a bowl game in San Diego. Like the, the feelings and emotions for Rocky Long with BYU in actual gameplay have not been good. Right. And he takes a shot when he's seven and one and ranked. He did take a shot does. a couple weeks ago when he was unranked. By the way, San Diego State play, hasn't played in. You know why he's especially bothered? Because he just saw what BYU did to Boise State. And now he's threatened, Jerem. He's threatened. This yes. is a defense mechanism yes. because. Based on what happens in this game, BYU could potentially derail the momentum the Aztecs have as a ranked team the week before a probable Mountain West Conference title game. He doesn't want to play BYU, especially not on November 30th. He's threatened. Our question of the day, back to BYU and Utah State. Does it matter who starts at quarterback for the Cougars against the Aggies? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. Here's Stone answers on Twitter. No, as long as the team can execute as it did against Boise State, either could get the job done. They just need a solid game plan and some thermals. Hashtag BYUSN. Such an interesting setup for this one because Utah State was the worst against Air Force. They're not going to be that bad against BYU, right? Oh, by the way, didn't didn't, uh, Air Force just scream, start Jaron Hall? BYU, by the way, the way that they were able to run the ball. Yes. Run the rock, man. Let's go. We'll see if uh, Isupa is healthy and whatnot. Let's go. Coming up, the men's volleyball schedule will be released later in the show with head coach Sean Olmstead. And former BYU and Utah State quarterback Riley Nelson joins us. Which team would benefit from a win the most based on what's happening with the Aggies and Cougars? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday on BYU TV, watch West Coast Conference Player of the Week, uh, McKenna Miller. And the women's volleyball team is St. Mary's, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific on BYU TV. Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play, I am Spencer Linton alongside a guy who's feeling 22 today, Jerem Jordan. Something like that. Former BYU quarterback and football radio analyst Riley Nelson is a oft guest on this program. We bring him in live now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Riley, welcome back to the show. How are you? 
Thanks so much. Doing well this fine Wednesday morning. Fantastic. Fine Wednesday morning. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Very, it's very cold. Like the coldest in day in Utah. Utah history or something crazy. Coldest October <laughs> yeah. day. Uh, thankfully, it's going to warm up a little bit for the game in Logan. We expect temperatures right around the mid-40s, low 40s at kickoff. Riley, you've played both sides of this rivalry as the starting quarterback. What does this game mean to you? Yeah, I mean, this game is great because while BYU and Utah State have never been in a line in the same conference, and of course BYU being independent, not having a, a conference alignment, whenever you can play a football game that has meaning, it has intensity, and it has emotion behind it, that's that's really what draws us all to the game, right? Are, are those type of, of moments and those type of dynamics. And this is a game that, look, you mentioned both sides. Back in 2006, it didn't have that. But here we sit in 2019 and started picking up, you know, in the early 2010s. It developed that. It's a game I... I think we lost Riley for a moment. We'll get him I, back I think he got really emotional. Possible. I think yeah, he got so emotional. We went right to that deep emotional well <laughs> I'm, off the I'm top. Here, yeah. Oh, he's, he's back. Oh, he's back. Okay, he's Did back. You, are you, we think it was cell service, but perhaps your emotions <laughs> caught up with you. <laughs> yeah, uh, a little bit of both. I am on for work, but uh, it does bring out the best of emotion. But that's a good thing, guys. Don't be scared of your emotions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, now, Riley, I think you're discounting the uh, – the the time from twenty two to thirty seven and then uh, thirty eight to sixty one in which BYU and Utah State played in in a conference those were just some really meaningful memorable games that everyone remembers. Yeah, and I you yeah I got to brush up on my history. That's for sure. I mean that's part of my job. If I'm going to be on the airwaves calling the game on Saturday, I got to know that history from a hundred years ago. The Rocky Mountain States and the Mountain States sky. Yeah, who cares? You're right. Uh, let's talk about the subject everyone's discussing about the quarterback. Is it obvious that BYU should start Jaron Hall, or is it not obvious? Should there be a competition this week between Hall and Romney, or is it gamesmanship? Yeah, I think there should be. So, uh, in my opinion, within a program, you have to avoid sense of entitlement at all costs. And when a guy like Baylor Romney comes in, who was a third, plays as well as he does, executes the offense, is able to help captain the ship towards a, a win against a ranked Boise team at home, that guy to not give him a chance and to just hand it back to the guy that was the that was the two because somehow there's a magical sense of entitlement with it what on those depth chart numbers uh, how they were at the beginning of the season that's that's dangerous and it's cancerous because with quarterback being the most visible position both within the program and without um you can't you can't let entitlement creep in. And so there has to be a competition. And there also has to be within the staff. This doesn't have much to do with the players, but a good hard look at, all right, what, what is our best chance as an offense? You know, what's our best game in? And which of these players who have somewhat unique skill sets gives us the best chance to win? And you play that player that gives you the best chance to win with the best game plan against Utah State. Are you uh... – saying then that all of the spring and fall camp reps where Jaron Hall earned the backup spot should be to some degree thrown out the window and it should be about this week? Um, no. So the, one of the tough things about spring and fall rep, like the reality is, and this is what is so great, but also what's so frustrating about football is you only really have 12 guaranteed opportunities to prove what kind of player you are. I, I'm, 
I went through this. I was not a great practice player. I worked my butt off, but um, my skills, but I didn't ever get to go live. I didn't ever get to be tackled. It was extremely frustrating for me when, you know, a defensive lineman got close to me who in a game no way would sack me, but the play would get whistled, and now I end up in third and 12. But the reality is if that's in a game-time setting, you know, I escape it, extend the play, maybe complete a ball downfield, or at least go pick up six or seven with my feet and put the team in third and four, right? I know I just went through a huge hypothetical there, but they're they're not for naught, but the reality is is you now have uh, you now have games to evaluate from both of these players, and so in a sense, in a sense, it does. That work is not for naught, but it's just the circumstances have changed. It's rare that you get game film on two competing quarterbacks in back-to-back weeks, and that's the unique situation that the BYU coaching staff finds themselves in in making this decision. Uh, and speaking of the decision, I am certainly glad that I don't have to make it because it is a difficult one. All of this discussed, Riley, who would you start for BYU on Saturday night? Yeah, I'm going to uh, – I'm not going to give you a satisfactory answer on this in that uh, I, I don't if, – if I were the offensive coordinator and got to architect my offense and call plays, I could tell you who, who I would start if that were the case, but I'm not. It's up to Coach Grimes and the rest of his staff for architecting this game, but like, like I think it's very dependent now. So I'm I'm dodging that answer because I I think you could play either and win. It just all depends on what game plan are you going to go in there with, and what game plan can you execute at a high enough efficiency for success. But in that, in my answer, I'm somewhat diminishing, and I know we don't like to do this when talking about football, but I'm diminishing the role of the quarterback because to me, this game is going to be much more about all three phases than it is about who's you know taking snaps from under center for BYU. This game is so weird because we're uh, you could assume a lot of things or you could assume nothing. I'm assuming nothing going into this. That Utah State is not the team that played Air Force. That Utah State is not the team that played LSU, right? That they're more like the team that played Wake Forest at the beginning of the year. And with BYU, I hope it's the team that played Boise State and not the team that played South Florida. But it's hard to know this year because BYU's been very inconsistent. What version of each team do you expect Saturday? So I hope BYU is expecting. No one understands better the place that BYU, or sorry, the place that Utah State is coming from, better than BYU, right? This the Air Force loss was their South Florida loss, and we saw how BYU responded. They they mixed everything up. There was personnel changes. There were strategy changes. Coach Grimes comes down out of the boot. You know, they were – and there was a sense of really desperation to save their season. Utah, so no one understands better. That's exactly where Utah State is. No one un- understands that better than BYU. So the challenge for BYU is that, that that emotion, that urgency, that desperation, those changes, that adaptability – was not a solitary moment from from one from the South Florida week to the Boise State week. Rather, it was a transformational change that now will continue to snowball or that they will build upon from Boise because they are going to get Utah State's best shot. In a way, you know, LSU, I don't think they thought they had, I don't, you know, LSU's probably going to end up in the college football playoff or if not right on the outskirts, but they're a bona fide team that even Utah State, I don't think, I think expected to uh, do much there. But Utah State definitely didn't expect to play the way they did or, or the outcome of the Air Force game to be what it was. And so those wholesale changes that BYU underwent, Utah State is going to be undergoing those this week. So BYU better be ready for their best shot. So for that reason, I am, I am most excited. I do not expect to see the same Utah State 
team that uh, that I saw against Air Force. And I sure hope, much like you just said, I sure hope to see the team that came out against Boise with the same hunger and fire build on that, throw gas on that fire, and uh, you know take care of Utah State up in their stadium in Logan. Riley, it's great to catch up with you, man. We uh, will leave you to your preparation so you can brush up on the Rocky Mountain States Conference and so on and so Skyline forth. Skyline and Mountain States. <laughs> you know, I am getting a little rusty on the beer or the double wing or those. I, that's definitely going to be relevant for the call on Saturday. So I'll, I'll, I'll be doing some internet research after I hang up with you guys. Yeah, yeah the Aggies are running the single wing. <laughs> Thanks, Riley. Yeah, have a good day, fellas. You got it. Riley Nelson on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why. We show how. Well, now he knows, you know? Now he knows. Yeah. Uh, coming up, straight out of Compton to Provo, the story of Uriah Leatawa. Jimmer Fredette lighting it up in Europe. His three-point shooting in Greece is eye-opening, to say the least. Fire emoji. Details next. Stay tuned after us for BYU Football's Kalani Satake, where host Gregor Bell chats with Satake and Moroni Lalu Putu Tao. Some cool features coming up. Boise State win, Utah State preview. It's at the top of the hour, 1 Eastern, 10 Pacific on BYU TV. Happy midweek, everyone. BYU Sports Nation continues. Anybody know what day it is? It's Jerem's birthday, for one. Oh, that too. Let's I, whip it! That's it's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Tump day, that's what I was yeah. getting at. The camel, that uh, the Cougars haven't announced the starting quarterback for Saturday against Utah State, but head coach Kalani Stocky says, whoever gives BYU the best chance to win will start. Athletics News. The NCAA unanimously votes to permit student-athletes the opportunity to benefit from the use of their name, image, and likeness in a manner consistent with the collegiate model, whatever that means, immediately, but no later than January 2021. Just give me NCAA football 2021. Jimmer! That would be nice. Fredette scored 16 points in a 103-86 Panathinaikos loss to Kempke yesterday. Fredette was 3 of 8 from distance. Women's basketball. BYU women's basketball beat Westminster 69-61 in their exhibition tip-off. Chalet Salmon led the Cougars with 16 points. Final exhibition goes down Saturday against the University of Antelope Valley. Golf. The women's golf team's in fourth place after the second round of the Rainbow Wahine Invitational. <laughs> Naomi Suifua, watch out for the turkeys. Leads the Cougars tied for 13th at one over par. The final round is today. Back to the clubhouse with Spencer. Thank you, Jerem. The question of the day. Does it matter who starts at quarterback for BYU at Utah State and why? At Scott Tikalski answers on Facebook. I know Scott. I think you have to go with Baylor Romney. He has the hot hand and playing with a chip on his shoulder. It's a must win. Can't chance it playing somebody who only has potential and hasn't proven anything yet. Here's the thing. Wait, has what neither, Jer- neither have proven a ton. It was one game. Like, I'm telling you, the peak of Baylor Romney's career was probably that game. That was a tremendous performance. Top 15 win, win at home. Uh, no one knows what you can do. First start. It's, that's, that was awesome. Like, you know when Tanner Mangum peaked? When he threw that Hail Mary against Nebraska. Like, that was the top of the mountain. Just understand that, that might be the case. We would not even be discussing this if BYU's defense had been halfway decent against the run in Florida against USF and BYU won that game. If Jaron Hall had won his first start, I don't even think it'd be a question. would be like, no, Jaron Hall's I think Hall's it'd still be a question because Baylor Romney beat Boise State. 
Baylor and BYU. I just feel like it was Wasn't the coaching. Ba- it was I, the yes. coaching. Motivation was different. Yeah, I, it's a fun topic. Trust me, we love that there's a quarterback question. We got to fill five hours. <laughs> Two weeks in a row. This is great. Ten hours of content. Coming up, why BYU fans are literally the best. And BYU men's volleyball coach Sean Olmstead joins us to reveal the 2020 schedule. This is BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, I'm stoked for this. You know he's bringing the swaggy swag. This is my weekends in the winter. I need to know when these are. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, Micah Simon, D'Angelo Mandel, and Malik Moore join Kiki Solano in a haunted house. I saw a preview of this. It looks amazing. I got to watch it. Check it out tonight on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and the YouTube. Yeah, which of those three screamed the loudest? You mean those four? Oh, four. Sorry. No, no. Kiki didn't uh, didn't scream. Apparently, I'm talking the what? three football players. Really? Yeah. I, I'm not into haunted houses. My wife went to one with like Pennywise the other day. I was like, oh my gosh, no. I saw. She's like crawling into gutters and no, stuff. No, I'm thank like, what you. are you doing? Yeah, I saw a billboard when I was uh, in Ohio for a Ohio a full contact haunted house. <laughs> I was like, no, no, thank no you. Thanks. Check, check, please. <laughs> you pay for that? Check, please. Come on. Yeah. Joining us now, a man who knows all about full contact sports, full, full contact competition. Practice. Sean Olmstead, BYU men's volleyball coach. Welcome on Halloween Eve and Jerem's birthday, no less. Jerem. Wow. I'm 22. What do, you, what do you think? 22. <laughs> yeah, I started okay. calling the matches when I was 11. It's crazy. <laughs> Are you, do you like haunted houses? No, no. I'm not I'm, into it. No, I'm going to stay away from that. I just don't. You never know what's behind that mask or who's behind that mask. And so it's scary. Right? It's just that's a, the little, idea. a little too much. I yeah. get the, that that's the idea, but yeah, a little too much. What you do like is running long distances. You've become like this super athlete over the past year. Ah, no, I enjoy it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's my own personal therapy and... Uh, just doing the best I can to be as healthy as I can every day. So uh, I can do that, clear my mind, and uh, give myself, uh, burn a few calories. It's a good day. Sean Olpsey with us on BYU Sports Nation. We're here to reveal the 2020 BYU men's volleyball right. schedule. Yeah. Ten home it. matches, 14 away matches. Let's start in chronological order, Sean, with uh, a really challenging road trip just after the new year. In the Midwest, at Loyola Chicago and at Lewis, what do you think of opening up on the road against two very, very capable teams? Yeah, that's that's a good spot for us to start. We did that a few years ago. We kind of had a, a back and forth with those guys, so we we took a year off, uh, took a bit of time off, and now we're going to go out there. They're going to come to Provo, and so it's uh, it's going to be pretty chilly out there for sure. So uh, we'll, <laughs> not we'll as cold as parkas. today. Yeah, but both of those teams are are, are teams that are going to be in in the top of uh you know the rankings and so it's going to be a good matchup for us right off the bat and the way that kind of training comes out we'll have a little time after christmas about a week before we have to travel and and be able to get things in place to play and you can train for running around lake tahoe by running around lake michigan in between matches i'll do that we'll do that there you go there you go (laughs) it'll be the worst uh friday and saturday the next weekend penn state at home a pair eiva uh traditional power there at mount olive uh, at UC Irvine and then uh, UCSB at home, and uh, continues tough non-conference. Yeah, no, no, no. We're trying to. It's good for us to uh, paths at Penn State. I, I really uh, love that guy, and uh, it'd been some time that we 
had competed with each other outside of any sort of final four matchups or different different things. So we we were able to go out there last year. They're coming here this year, and then going to the conference Carolinas. I think that's important for men's volleyball in general. That's big to, time that you're going to go to there, build the sport. And I, we've got one of our players out from that area, so it's exciting that we get to go back there. And I looked at it as also an opportunity for for BYU fans. The more I interact with people, I see like we've got fans everywhere. It's yes. crazy, you know, and volleyball fans that you know have come up to me and man, it's just it's the highlight of my weekend to watch you guys play and this and that. And we've never been out to that area because there ha- we haven't had schools out there that have Where had in North Carolina. Cool, you know, so awesome. it'll be really exciting. I'm really excited about that trip. And then turn around and uh, powerhouse UC Irvine, Santa Barbara. What a great season they had last year, and then right into UCLA pep and so there's a good stretch right there and and be be on the road a bit and then then get back home what do you anticipate in the revised mpsf this year what who who are the teams that you you feel like will be at the top again yeah you know i don't think it's a handful of teams you know you look at pep and they lost a bunch of guys but I, I think they've got a great coach. Marv's still lurking around in the gym. Marv's never going to leave that gym, you know. I've tried to tried to get him out as best we can, but Marv's still <laughs> around. But uh, David Hunt does a wonderful job, so they're going to reload. And, you know, U- USC came on, had a great season last year. They're going to be around. Of course, we've got UCLA. And so I think it's going to be a great uh, a battle between all of us for uh, kind of the crown this year in the MPSF. And it's going to be similar to what it is every single year in that conference. You had to stack seven of eight at home there at the end of January, the end of February. Uh, and then you go on the road for, I think, the final it looks like uh, seven of eight as yeah. well. So that'll be a tough stretch to it end is, the season. It is tough. And if you remember last year, it was exactly opposite. And so these kind of things just kind of play out in scheduling. You know, um, with Hawaii, we had Hawaii here, Princeton here, McKendree. Now we're returning to Hawaii, and then it just works out in the conference schedule that those are the ones we have to be away. So, um, hey, it'll make us a bit stronger, tougher, and um, we'd love to have a few more home games here at home. And so, um, but this year, that's kind of how it, it shakes out. And so we'll go on the road and kind of road warrior style and uh, get some wins on the road. You're just preparing to host the MPSF tournament and have three more home matches, right? There you go. That, that, there that's you go. the that ideology be, behind this. Yes. That's the yes. positive yes. thinking. We're a, we're a couple of years into this new format of college volleyball where there was a new conference generated, the Big West. How has that changed scheduling for you and, and things moving forward for the sport? Yeah, it. It makes it, you kind of have to be, it'd be better if we were all directly aligned with each other in terms of, hey, when we can start, when we, uh, you know, what date are we going till competing until, because there's a few conference games here and there that make it a little hard to schedule non-conference games. And then we have a bye weekend in the middle of March where it makes it more difficult for us to get in with some other conferences that are going strong. And so um, it'd be nice that we, you know, we're, I think there, we are working to get on the same page together so that we can look very similar to kind of how the women's game is doing it where, Hey, the first four to five weeks, it's, it's all non-conference. Nobody's starting conference. And so uh, I think everyone's working towards that goal. Tell us a little bit about the makeup of this team, too. You lose Taylor Richards as a senior, but return a lot of talent yeah. and uh, will probably be expected to be in the top three or top five, right? Yeah, you know, um, I'm comfortable being outside the top three or five. You know, uh, I remember our coach, Carl, used to 
just celebrate when we, you know, weren't in that area, you know, at the start <laughs> of the was. season. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, no, but these guys, you know, we returned a lot of guys that, you know, kind of went through a not so typical BYU men's volleyball season last year. And I, I believe they've grown from that. And so uh, we got the, the familiar faces of, of Gabby, Davide. You know, Will's going to be back at full strength, ready to go. He is back now, you know, but uh, Felipe, Mickey, and so uh, Libero's Zach. We got Mitch that actually played a lot before his back mission. mission. Yeah, and so there's a handful of guys, and then we've got Andrew Lincoln, Zach Eschenberg. So it's a lot of familiar faces, and uh, they've been doing a really, really nice job in the gym, and, and we'll get going full swing here with uh, our full, full practice next week. BYU head volleyball coach Sean Olmstead with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, I want to ask you about uh, the women's volleyball program. You're watching your sister perform at a, a high level again. They're the number 11 team in the country. Um, wh- just, what does this say about the volleyball programs in general to year in and year out have this type of program? Or what does it do for recruiting and for the future of your programs? Yeah, it's great. I look at it um, and a- a- as we talk to kids and we talk with recruits, I look at it starting from our administration. You know, volleyball is a, a- primetime sport here on campus, you know, men's and women's. And that's pretty unique. You don't, you don't see the support from the top down uh, at other schools. You know, they may have a great women's program or maybe a great men's program, but uh, it's fortunate that we have the outstanding support system behind us that are willing to promote the game, promote the environment, and make it, you know, the home matches an experience here on campus. And so uh, they're doing a great job again, you know, reload and go. And so it's going to be exciting to see what they do down the home stretch as they get closer to the NCAA tournament. I know they're not talking to their girls about that, and they're probably going to be mad I even say that. Um, but, but uh, yeah, they've, they've done a great job, a bunch of great kids there. And so it's, it's fun to watch them and support them. Sean, we're excited, man. January 3rd, Friday at Loyola Chicago. It'll be here before we know it. Uh, it's right around it's, the corner. It's coming up fast. Yep. Absolutely. Right, right after Jeremy's birthday. Yeah, that's, <laughs> those things matter the most, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> the presents for uh, in the hall, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I brought those. Exactly. I brought those. Exactly. Okay, thanks, Sean. Okay, thanks, guys. After the break, Deep Blue explores the journey of Uriah Leatow from Compton to Provo. Plus, our rise and shout-out for some fantastic Halloween costumes and a tribute to a longtime BYU athletic trainer, George Curtis. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on a Wednesday. A reminder to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you choose to get your podcasts. And the show is always on demand on the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. It's always a good idea for each of us to remember where we hail from. But for BYU defensive lineman Uriah Leatow, remembering where he came from helps him see how far he's come in life. He's the subject of this edition of Deep Blue, presented by Tim Daly Nissan. Coming out, Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. We're Deep Blue, straight out of Compton. My brother's name is Uriah Dillian, but we call him Lopa. The name after my dad, so we can remember my dad all the time during the game, <laughs> everywhere he goes, Lopa, 
is the one. I mean, they was calling me right alien. I'm from uh, Compton, California. I was born and raised there. Both my parents immigrated from Samoa. This is where uh, the cousin got shot at, right? Uh, walking from school. Right there. That's where he got shot at. It was harsh, and it was. And it was something that I never really noticed until I got a little bit older. I went home for Christmas. <laughs> I heard sirens, and I was like, oh, sirens. And like, I was shocked again. And I was like, wait a second, that's normal. I think it all grew from the love of our parents. It all depends on you. How you taking care of the stuff and live here in the city of Compton. And that's why I told my kids, whenever, whenever you guys are ready to go, you can go, but I'm going to die here in Compton. And also I told my son, and also my kids, wherever they go, he has to stand up tall and say, we are from Compton. Because we're proud of this city of Compton. I mean, despite everything going on around us outside of what, you know, things that like gunshots or robberies, whatever, we always felt like we were safe here in our home. Now we're going to the high school. We're going in. Okay, so this is Dominguez. The football program at Dominguez, I felt like it was a tight brotherhood. And I felt like despite everything that the boys were going through outside of school, the football program allowed them to feel like they were at home, a second home for them. I didn't play Pop Warner growing up. I didn't actually play um, like all the way up until I got to high school. Actually, my parents were like kind of against me playing football. They're very protective and... Yeah, they were more interested in school, and I see that more than uh, the way they brought me up. Lobo is always serious about school. That's one thing everybody knows. Uh, Lobo is always uh, always get mad over a B or A minus. He's always wanted A plus, A plus. We even gave him a nickname, called him the dictionary, because uh, there was always uh, words we never understood. Any words we didn't uh, get or understood, we always asked Lopa. With all the sacrifices that my parents made, it kind of it was like a no-brainer to just go to school. And then compared to our peers here in Compton, they were kind of had like part-time jobs or um, odd jobs. And then our parents didn't really want us to work, but just to focus on school. Everything was focused around education because I feel like they didn't have, you know, that growing up back in the islands. So when they came here, they, they knew that it was the only way or one of the possible ways to, you know, possibly get out of Compton, I would say. I know it was hard, but I know it's all paid off. When you see them uh, graduate, then you know it's not just them that graduate. We graduate. Because I know, um, I always tell my children, if you fail... That means I fail. If you success, we success. But I say this to my son all the time. I'm so proud of you. And I love you so much. He's standing after to represent us, to make our family so proud of you, son. And I love you so much. Well, you 
25. Straight back drop for Guadani. Pocket collapses. He's going down. Uriah Leatawa having himself a game. Drops Guadani back at the 32-33 yard line. Loss Honestly, my dad is like the epitome of hard work for me. He honestly does so much for us. I remember um, he'll wake up early mornings to run papers. And then he'll work in the meat factory in the day. And um, and he'll pick up pallets at night. And that was early on in their marriage. <clears throat> and then eventually he was blessed enough to get a really great job that he's had since then. And my mom, man, she's my hero too. Because when my dad was gone, my mom took care of us. We would have to stay after school for these after school programs. She would just wait for us. I mean, the way that he was raised, you could, you could tell that he comes from a great home. Parents are really, uh, you know, guided him the, the right way. And what the things that he values really tell a lot about just his family and, and, and the place that he comes from. They put me through the entire public school um, system. I'm a Compton Unified School District kid from elementary to high school. I'm so happy and proud of where I'm from. It does not define me, but it does make me stronger. What an amazing family. Awesome. On to our question of the day and the elite voice response of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Does it matter who starts a quarterback for BYU at Utah State and why? Brent Robinson on Facebook answers, start Jaron Hall. He's a double threat. USU is very vulnerable against the ground game after the Air Force game last week. Hall is a better runner. He'll drive USU crazy. Could be, right? There are a lot of factors of what goes into that. I imagine that BYU will start Jaron Hall on Saturday. We'll see. They haven't announced any, anything. They're competing this week. Let's go. Today's rise and shout-outs. Now, Jeremy, you're up first. To the BYU fans, uh, BYU Cougars Twitter and social media put out uh, to the BYU fans ranked in attendance. Number one in women's soccer this year, number 10 in uh, women's volleyball, number 21 in football. That would be number two in the Pac-12, by the way. BYU fans are literally the best. Look at those numbers. Fantastic. And this one to longtime BYU athletic trainer George Curtis, who passed away last night. Chad Lewis tweeted out, George Curtis, athletic trainer at BYU, passed away last night from a long battle with major health issues. Complete selfless warrior. He gave his life for every athlete he knew. His wife, Jan, dedicated her life in selfless service to him. Both are heroes. Our thanks to today's guests, Riley Nelson and Sean Olmstead. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. Ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Hashtag BYUSN. For Jerem, happy birthday. I am Spencer. Shout out to Evan Pilgrim, BYU football with Kalani Sitake up next. Go Cougs!